0: Elon Musk triggers the left with a picture of his nightstand, why Twitter is important, companies that pulled their ads, ticket selling, and a whole lot more on today's Random Thoughts. welcome to episode number 214 of the Random Thoughts Podcast, spelled R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. And yeah, we took a week off last week. I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I was feeling a little bit under the weather, had a little stomach bug, and figured it was a good time to... Skip a show, take a day off. Not that there's ever a good time to skip a show. But as we get to the holiday season, fortunately for all of us, there is less media coverage of politics and all that other kind of stuff. So it's always good to take a little detox every now and then because being a little bit too attached to the internet to those little phones, any devices you're carrying around to peruse the Internet. Always good to take a little bit of a break from those just for your own mental sanity. Because when you get into that world, things are more than a little bit insane. The battle for Twitter rages on, and this, I will admit, is at least entertaining. Elon Musk seems to be the ultimate troll, just like Donald Trump was, well, is, and they both have the ability to get under the skin of the people that don't like them by doing just about anything. And the whole Twitter thing, I know there's a lot of people who are just a little too narrow-minded out there that throw comments out there like, who cares about Twitter? And on a grand scheme of things, it seems like that would be a legitimate comment. But you have to realize where the public discourse is happening. And right now, that is on Twitter, which makes it relevant. It's a very elitist thing to be like, oh, why do we have to care about Twitter? Only the fools are on Twitter. Well, that may be true. But the fools vote. And the fools are the ones that are swinging the elections here in the United States. Thus, the battle for Twitter is actually an important thing. As much as you don't want to like Twitter, as much as you don't want to use it, that's fine. But to discount the overall effect that Twitter has on our day to day lives, is to your own peril, I believe. And moving forward, the Elon thing is really good if he's going to be somebody that allows both sides to have a voice. Because most people are dumb. Most people have an attention span of, you know, a gnat or a goldfish. And the problem when the social media that they use only has one point of view on it, well, they start to believe that that's the only point of view. They're not getting anything else. So it is kind of a brainwashing technique. And those on the left have been able to use the power of social media to control the narrative. I mean, they already had the power in the mainstream media, but we all realize, I think at this point that most people are getting their news, not from the mainstream media, but from social media. So it's even more important to have a wide variety of voices on a wide variety of topics. And that at least people are getting both sides of the issue. If you're not getting both sides of the issue, then it's very easy to convince somebody. That's what we saw here over the last few years before Elon Musk took over Twitter that's what we we're finding with Meta with Facebook and Instagram owned by Zucky and the rest i mean there's really only a few social media projects out there or products is probably a better word that have a conservative bent and overall they kind of suck when it comes to gab Or parlor, or Donald Trump's truth social. Overall, they kind of suck. So, when the main place where all the eyeballs are was very one sided, that wasn't good for anybody. And the people on the left are absolutely freaking out now because Elon taking over does a few different things. One, I've seen more and more people catching on with something that I've mentioned here, which is when you own the platform. You are able to see any message sent on that platform. Anybody who thought that their direct tweet messages to another person were private, well, no. Elon now has access to all of those. Even if you go and you're hitting delete, 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 there's probably a backup somewhere. Elon's got it. So if you said something in a private message and you're an enemy of Elon, I'd be very careful. Because that can pretty easily get out. And what we've got now, people realizing that maybe you want to look for alternate forms of communications, which I mentioned talks a while back in a show, something that almost nobody uses because everybody wants the convenience of being able to just send a direct message to somebody via Twitter or they're using their built-in SMS capabilities on their phone or using something like Google Voice, and you realize all of those are not so secure. But the thing that people are freaking out about now, beyond the fact that Elon can read your private mail that was sent on Twitter, the other thing Elon has access to as the guy who owns Twitter are all of the records from Twitter. So any internal communications that were going on on that platform before Elon took over, you know, things like, well, who should we ban? Who should we shadow ban? Who should we boot and why? What should we allow about COVID-19 and the vaccines? What should we allow about Hunter's Laptop? Why was the Hunter's Laptop story made a topic that you couldn't talk about. And people were getting banned and booted. Well, who was making those decisions and why? And I think a lot of people understand when you're in control, you always feel like you're going to be in control, which is the same with the government and private companies. You always say, be very careful about the laws you pass, restricting freedoms because there's a really good chance they're going to be used against you. Well, in this case, it's going to be very interesting if Elon starts unearthing exactly why things were being done to the conservatives on Twitter. Who was behind them? I think Elon should be very careful about taking small planes. Not that Elon does. He probably has a few jumbo jets. He certainly has the cash. But I think Elon understands that his safety is most likely at risk at this particular point because he is getting under the skin of some very powerful people. And I wish Elon well. He posted a photo just to prove how much Elon can get under people's skin. He posted a photo to Twitter, of course, because he owns it. And the thing was just tagged as my nightstand or my bedside table, something like that. And people went absolutely nuts, which was very fun to watch. The picture has on it a mostly empty glass of water, which is good. It's like a little bottle kind of a thing. So maybe a bottle of water rather than not a glass, but it looks kind of like a glass thing. So, I mean, although Elon... Probably gets water delivered in glass bottles. He has four empty or at least open cans of Diet Coke. I don't know the meaning behind that. But then he has another little tchotchke kind of thing and then a pistol, which looks like it's from the American Revolution era. And it's in a nice wooden box, open with, looks like the, uh, Replication of the painting of George Washington crossing the Delaware on it, which would, again, make me believe this is some kind of Revolutionary War pistol, whether it is functioning or not. I mean, it's certainly not what you would go to for home defense, even if it was functioning. But then there is a big, bad, black, very just dangerous looking gun. And I had no idea what it was. But it has been pointed out by folks who did know what it was, that this is just a replica of a gun that's available in a video game. So this is also, understand, not a firing weapon, not an actual weapon. This is just a replica with no killing property to it. You can't fire it. Doesn't work. It's nothing more than a replica, but just having something that looks like a big, scary gun gets the liberals absolutely riled up, and it's kind of fun to see the reactions. One from a guy named Joseph Saccharin, who tweeted, as a survivor and now trauma surgeon, in which he capitalized trauma surgeon. Are we capitalizing job titles now? I mean, I didn't always get A's in uh, English, but I don't remember job titles being capitalized. But I mean, I guess self righteous, maybe. I'm a trauma surgeon, which God bless you. We need those guys and gals. We need trauma surgeons. But he says, as a survivor and now trauma surgeon, I can tell you, Elon Musk, that the safest way to store your firearm is unloaded and locked. Now, he also capitalizes unloaded and locked. So a trauma surgeon. Great, not good with understanding how language works and why you should use capitalization, but that is just, I know, I'm getting nitpicky. But when people communicate in text and have no idea how to deal with text, kind of funny. The safest way to store your firearm unloaded and locked. This is critical to practicing responsible gun ownership. I suspect that if you spent a day with me in our trauma center, that isn't capitalized, which is interesting. Your views may change. Well, again, Mr. Sacrin, these are replicas. Or maybe the one from the Revolutionary War is real. But I highly doubt that Elon has uh, taken the time to find a ball and get some black powder and load it and leave that at the side of his bed. Not really what you would use. For personal defense. But anybody, again, this guy sees a big, scary looking thing, which ends up being a replica, a toy, a gun from a video game. But that's the response that they get. And sure, the safest way to store any firearm, I'm not going to disagree with them, is unloaded and locked. But we live in Joey Biden's America. Doctor Sacrin. I mean, I'm assuming he's a doctor. He didn't at least it doesn't say doctor in his name, which is interesting because he was very upfront about being a trauma surgeon. But we live in Joey Biden's America, which means crime is on the rise, especially if you live anywhere near places like Chicago, which I do, thanks to the troll-like mayor there. Thanks to the mayor and governor of Illinois, mayor and governor of New York. Go to Baltimore go to Atlanta, go to St. Louis, go to Los Angeles, go to Oakland, and I don't think your safety is going to be helped by having a firearm that is unloaded and locked away because they need to be able to be gotten to in a moment's notice. And unfortunately, y'all keep voting for Democrats who keep letting criminals out of jail, refuse to prosecute them, prosecute. And the end result is more and more people are going to have real guns loaded on their nightstand. And that's just the reality of the way things are. Because if somebody breaks into your house, you know, it's three o'clock in the morning. You hear your front door get kicked in. You're maybe upstairs five seconds away. If somebody's coming in and they're looking to do you harm, the amount of time that you have to, one, wake up out of your deep sleep, realize something bad is about to happen, and be able to get to something to protect yourself, the amount of time you have is very, very short. The concept that, oh, it's a lot safer if your guns are unloaded and locked away and put the ammunition in a different place so you can, you know, get killed while you're trying to put these things together in the middle of the night when somebody breaks into your home. That doesn't make any sense. Now, if you have kids, and I do not, then there are different rules for what's going on. But if you only have adults that are living in the house, Having a loaded pistol on the nightstand is a perfectly acceptable thing, especially if you live anywhere near the war zones that the Democrats have created here in Chicago. Another guy on Twitter responding to Elon Musk named Fred Gutenberg tweets, my daughter was killed because of gun violence. Every day across America, children are killed because of irresponsible adults who do not lock up their guns. Seriously, Elon Musk, WTF is wrong with you. Is there a mental health concern? Are you now using your $44 billion to incite violence? Well, Mr. Gutenberg, I am truly sorry to hear that your daughter was killed. But no, Elon Musk is not using his $44 billion to incite violence. He's showing you a picture of a replica gun and a Revolutionary War gun. That is not inciting violence, unless you think the four empty cans of Diet Coke maybe are inciting violence somehow or the water bottle. Not really sure. This is the length that people go. Do you have a mental health concern, Elon Musk? You know, again, if you're following along, Mr. Gutenberg, there's a lot of people who would like to do. Elon Musk harm. I'm guessing that wherever Elon is, he has security personnel with him, and I certainly hope he does in the home where he resides. But wanting to have that last line of defense, I applaud Elon Musk if he wants to have an AK-47 or AR-15 sitting next to his bed. Because when you know people are out to get you, and some big, bad, scary people wanting to defend yourself, Is not a crime and it is not a bad thing. And your daughter was not killed because of irresponsible adults. Most likely, your daughter was killed because of criminals committing a criminal act. That's where a vast majority of the gun deaths come from. It is very few that are accidental. It happens, yes. And it is a shame, but most come from. Criminals committing criminal acts. And it is the Democrats that will refuse to put them behind bars or to keep them behind bars that are the problem. Guns do not fire themselves. Every now and then, you hear a story somebody cleaning a pistol or something like that, and they go off. Then they were irresponsible. And yes, that happens usually. The people to get injured in that case are the ones who are acting irresponsibly themselves. But I've made it clear before in the room where I'm podcasting right now, there are three nine millimeter pistols and a 22. They've never gone off without me firing them. Those guns have never killed anybody on their own. I keep waiting because I hear guns are bad and guns are dangerous. But if you understand how they work, and you are responsible, then that is not an issue. They don't just go off magically by themselves. I keep waiting, but they don't. But this is the way people go. Are you crazy, Elon Musk? You have a mental health concern. Are you using your $44 billion to incite violence? So Elon Musk, I guess, posting a picture on Twitter is using his $44 billion. Mr. Gutenberg, I don't explain that one because I don't really understand it, but that is the insanity of the left. Again, this is what Elon Musk gets as a response for posting a picture of what is basically a toy gun along with a Revolutionary War pistol in a nice wooden box and four empty cans of Diet Coke. Maybe it's just a Coca-Cola ad. I don't know. We'll see if Coke's on this list we're going to get to here because there's a lot of companies that have come out and decided to be ultra-woke and stop their advertising on Twitter because Elon Musk is bad. I will give uh, the, the best tweet response to Elon's photograph of his nightstand was from somebody named Matt Wallace who said... Just be careful not to accidentally grab the Diet Coke if an intruder breaks in. That's true. It's very less effective to grab a can of Coke if somebody breaks in than to have your, you know, fake gun. But I bet Elon has a real gun somewhere. Very close by. It certainly would not surprise me. But that is the kind of response that Elon gets. He is definitely under the skin of people and I find that to be amusing and he's got the kind of money to be able to do whatever he wants when somebody brought up well you know if the bad people at Google and Apple get together and decide that they're going to take Twitter off of the app stores because they'll be labeled as dangerous free speech kind of things if Google and Apple decides to go after Twitter and take them out of the app store Somebody suggested to Elon that he just make his own phone. And Elon's like, that's not a bad idea. And he can do it. He's got that kind of money where he could just be like, okay, that's the way you want to play. We will fight fire with fire. And Elon is one of the few people in the world that if Apple or Google, two behemoths, make him mad, he actually has the power to fight back, which very rarely Do people have that ability? But let's get to the list. These are the advertisers that, according to Media Matters, the evil Media Matters, we've talked about them before. This is the group that is very much a leftist group who gets their way in the media by going after advertisers. They did it to Rush Limbaugh, Bill O'Reilly. Go on down the list. If there's a conservative out there, Media Matters has targeted them, and they go after the advertiser, like, we're going to boycott you if you keep running commercials on this. Well, they're doing the same thing now with Twitter, and it's nice the list shows you both the companies that have been quiet quitters and those that actually have put out a statement which publicly virtue signaled as to why they were stopping their ads. Now, we've got a bunch of quiet quitters and Abbott Laboratories. Allstate Insurance. So if you got Allstate, you might want to think about changing. AMC Networks. Uh, That's what the people that have the movie theaters. The American Express Company. Ooh, I've got an American Express card. It may be time to get rid of that. AT&T, also another company, no surprise there. Big Heart Pet Care, never heard of them. BlackRock, Blue, Triton Brands, never heard of them. Boston Beer Company, never heard of them. The California State Lottery, ooh. CenturyLink, yeah, that's no surprise. Chanel, and we get to Chevrolet, the first company on the list that not only did they pull their ads from Twitter because Elon, and they hate Elon, and they hate free speech, but Chevrolet was actually the first one on the list here that released a statement virtue signaling that they were pulling their ads from Twitter. Chipotle, same thing. They released a statement saying they were pulling their ads from Twitter. So if you're a Chipotle fan, maybe you want to go find some better Mexican food. One, go find authentic Mexican, get rid of the Chipotle. Stop doing business with these companies. Citigroup. Okay. Well, there's another one of my credit cards. I think by the time we get to the end of this list, we're not going to be able to have any credit cards with any of the major companies because they're probably all going to be on this list. CNN, no surprise there with a quiet release of their advertising, so they didn't put out a statement. Dell also didn't put out a statement. Oh, yeah, I've got a couple Dell computers. It's again getting harder to avoid the people on this list. Diego. Not sure who they are. DirecTV. Yeah, my parents still have DirecTV. I don't know why. There are better options at this point. Discover Financial Services. Okay, so we already have American Express. We have Discover. We have Citigroup. All pulling their ads from Twitter because Elon Musk bought the platform. This seems like they might be very anti-African because Elon Musk, of course, is a South African gentleman, so I don't know. If this is a racist thing that all these companies are pulling with their wokeness. We have Fidelity, which is, that's also insurance, I believe. First, National Realty. Ford, who also put out, because I guess Chevy put out a statement. So Ford pulled their advertising and also put out a statement. Heineken, they pulled theirs quietly. Hewlett-Packard, quietly. Hilton, quietly. Inspire Brands, quietly. Jeep. They put out a statement, so I guess all the auto manufacturers are like, yeah, if you can quit Twitter and put out a statement and be really woke, so can we. So I can barely have any credit cards, and you certainly can't buy a Jeep, a Ford, or a Chevrolet. Kellogg's company can't buy that cereal. Kohl's department store, well, they're evil to begin with. The way they do their pricing is absolutely ridiculous. You rarely get a good deal at like Kohl's. There's a company called Kindrel, spelled very strangely, K-Y-N-D-R-Y-L, and they put out a statement as well. LinkedIn, they put did not put out a statement. MailChimp, gone, no statement. Marriott, gone, no statement. Mars Pet Care and Mars Incorporated, no statement. Merck and Company, they did put out a statement. The Meta Platform, well, they pulled their ads. I'm kind of surprised. They're, that's Doing ads with a competitor, I guess it's smart. But Facebook and Instagram, they pulled their ads. Money Wise pulled their ads. Nestle pulled their ads. Novartis, AG, don't know who that is. Uh, Pernod, Richard, or Ricard, don't know who that is. PlayPass, the Coca-Cola company, quietly gone. The Kraft Heinz company, quietly gone. The Tire Rack, Verizon. Wells Fargo. I've got a lot of things on this list. The Whole Food Markets and Yum Brands. These are the companies who pulled their advertising from Twitter because of Elon Musk, because they are afraid of the free and open public discourse. This is a problem. If you Want to do business with these companies, you may want to think twice, or at the very least, maybe you want to target them. Most of them have a Twitter presence, which is funny, but you may want to target them and be like, well, until you stop being woke, then we're not going to be sending money your way. Disney, I didn't see them on this list, which is interesting. The Disney company not on this list. They have a brand new, well, a slightly reused CEO in Bob Iger coming back. Who The first thing he said was, you know, the ticket prices seem like they're really high. So it'll be interesting to see how his return, he was pretty good with Disney the last time around. It'll be interesting to see if he gets rid of some of the wokeness. And these companies on this list are guilty of falling for this media matter stuff, believing that you're not going to have repercussions. And that's something that I believe is very important for these companies, just like it is for criminals. It's very important to understand that your actions have repercussions. And in this case, It can hurt their bottom line that they're like, well, we're not going to advertise there because, you know, free speech. Elon is dangerous. It is always, always the side that is trying to stifle free speech, the side that does not even want you to hear what the other side is saying. That is always the side that you probably don't want to be on. I know, always decide side you probably don't want to be on, but that's true. I'm sure there are some exceptions, but probably very few. You don't want to be on the side that is trying to stifle free speech. You don't want to be on the side that is not even letting the other side speak because it proves that their side, that their opinion is not strong enough to stand up to the debate. It's the only reason why you go in that direction, because if your argument can hold up to the debate, then you have the debate, and you win, and it's awesome if you believe that the other side, even being allowed to speak and bring up their points, if you believe that's going to destroy your argument, then you know your argument is no good, and I believe That is exactly what you see going on here. Twitter, Elon Musk trying to bring freedom of speech back to Twitter. And Elon's not being shy about it. He's basically come out and said word for word that this is for the soul of America. This is for democracy. The ability to have the debate is vital. And no matter whether you like Elon Musk and the other stuff that he does, he is 100% correct here. No question about it. We need to be able to have that political debate. You need to be able to have the people that are against things like kids getting trans surgery. Like being taught racist things in school. You need to be able to have that conversation because the minute you're like, nope, we're doing this and you can't say anything about it, well, that's when you got a communist society and not a free and open society. All right, let's talk about tickets for a minute because this story has been coming up because of the Taylor Swift tour and the Bruce Springsteen tour. Two artists that I like when it comes to their music, don't like their politics. But again, if you had to discount every artist that I didn't like their politics, I really wouldn't get to listen to any music. But the ticket situation I have found to be interesting, Taylor Swift basically killing the Ticketmaster system, which is fun to watch. And people getting all upset. Well, it's all because Ticketmaster is a monopoly and that's the reason why AOC crying about this. As are other liberals who really hate the fact that there's a big bad company making a bunch of money. I wonder how artists like Taylor Swift and Bruce Springsteen compartmentalize this stuff. Yeah, You want to be on the left. You want to be liberal, but you also want to make a whole lot of money which I applaud them for. I mean, I don't know what happened to Bruce because he's well beyond and set in his ways. But I've made the argument that by the time Taylor Swift is 40 and she'll be, I believe, 33 here in a couple of weeks, by the time she's 40, she'll be a big-time Republican. She's got that much money, and the left is turning on her left and right. There's a lot of, the, I think it was the Atlantic, wrote a scathing thing about the tickets and how bad she is like you'll learn Taylor that you can't trust the people on the left they are not going to back you doesn't matter what kind of lip service you give them they will not back you but the Taylor Swift ticket thing was interesting because you knew it was going to happen one they had a bunch of different pre-sales which a lot of these artists do which made a lot of her fans mad, which was funny in its own way. But the Ticketmaster tries to get you to verify who you are, and then people buy tickets for a really a lot of money and then realize they can't resell them because this is where we are with digital tickets, which is a whole nother tangent, I would suppose. That once you buy the ticket, in the old days, you used to get a paper ticket and you could sell them for whatever you wanted to. You could resell them. If you had an extra ticket, you could sell it out front of the venue before the event. And it all worked out because it was a paper ticket. But now that everything is digital and it's on your phone and it might not be transferable and you might have to prove who you are when you're going into the venue, things are a little bit different. But the Taylor Swift thing goes something like this. Massive tour, massive venues, all going on sale at the same time. Which to me says you're just asking for this to happen because otherwise you stagger it. Most artists, even larger artists, play venues that are, when it comes to music, about 20 to 30,000. is usually a pretty big venue. Well, Taylor Swift is playing the football stadiums, which can sell 60, 70, 80,000 seats apiece. And quite often, like here in Chicago, playing three nights in a row at Soldier Field. So that means there's probably about 200,000 tickets being sold just for Chicago. And you're doing this around the country And all of the tickets go on sale at the same time, which means the systems were overloaded. They were hammered. And it has nothing to do with there being a monopoly on the tickets. It's that there was something put on sale that had way more demand than there was supply for. You may have been able to stagger these things out and help that a little bit because Ticketmaster obviously nationwide worldwide it may have helped to not have all the dates going on sale at the same time but I think it was done intentionally just for the system to crash just so it would make the news because that's publicity and that's good even bad publicity is good but there were some people that it seemed were under the impression that Taylor Swift was using the sliding scale Dynamic pricing that Ticketmaster uses, I don't believe that is the case. I think the seats are just overall overpriced. And that was the reason why the last time she was at Soldier Field here in Chicago five, six years ago, that I logged in and was like, hey, you could have front row tickets, but they were, it was something crazy. I think maybe it was only 800 bucks at the time. They've gone up. But it was something absolutely crazy, and it's like, no, I can do a lot better things with $1,600 than to buy a pair of tickets to go see any concert, especially one at a venue that is that large. They're not known for having the greatest sound, and I'm still into the sound. More than anything else, I mean, it's nice to have the big, crazy visuals and what big crazy stages with all sorts of different things and costume changes, whatever. I'd rather just see a band in a small venue with a good sound system and it would work a whole lot better. Now Bruce Springsteen on the other hand did embrace the dynamic ticket pricing which I really don't mind because I'm old and I understand Exactly what the scalping industry has done to tickets for the past decades that I've gone to see shows. The concept here is well, most scalpers get their hands on the good tickets anyway because they will pay people back in the day, they would pay people to wait in line and then they worked on computer systems that were bots to get them in line to be able to order the tickets. There's always a way for the scalpers to get the tickets. If you go in and all the tickets are the same price, the scalpers usually win. Now every now and then a fan's going to get a good ticket at a good price. Absolutely true. But overall the scalpers were winning. Because even the fans if they got those tickets at a really good price, you know, the scalper is going to come around and be like, "Well, I'll give you more money than you paid and then maybe they sell it to them and the scalper resells them again in the concept with the dynamic pricing is right when the tickets go on sale, those seats down front are set at a much higher price. So if you're the first one to get in in line, that front row ticket may be $5,000. And the reality at this point is if you really want it, you're going to pay it because there were some people that were going to pay the scalper 5000 bucks to get those tickets. It's always been the way it has been. In those cases, the artist sells the ticket for a hundred bucks and the scalper sells them for 5,000 and the scalpers making all of the money on it. And Bruce Springsteen was very upfront and very capitalist for a, for a liberal said, I don't understand why the men and women who are sweating for three hours on stage aren't making that money instead of the scalpers. And I've, Fully applaud Bruce Springsteen for saying that because he is absolutely right. You may not like it. Everybody wants to be like, hey, I wish I could go get a front row ticket for a hundred bucks, but it's not the world we live in. It is not reality. It's like the people saying, we could get rid of all the guns. No, you can't. It's not a realistic thing to say. In this case, the good seats almost always went to the scalpers who were able to make a lot of money on it. And I would much rather that the artist makes the money no matter who it is via the dynamic pricing because it is what the market will bear. Meaning, okay, those tickets go on sale for the Springsteen Show and the front row seat is $5,000. I don't know the exact timing of it, but maybe an hour or two later, those seats are only $4,500 if nobody buys them. You know, a few days later, they'll be down to $500 if nobody buys them at the inflated rate. So, the people that are mad about that are just mad that they don't want to pay for them. And somebody else is going to get a better ticket who's willing to pay more. And I'm sorry, that's the world we live in. That's reality. And I don't blame the artist for wanting to make the money for the work that they're doing. So, I'll applaud Bruce for being honest, coming out and saying, Yeah, I have no problem with that. Everybody on stage, Everybody putting this together, I think it makes a lot more sense for the tour, the artist and the roadies and all of that to benefit from the ticket sales and not somebody whose only business is to try to buy really good seats and then flip them for a lot more money. But what do I know? I'm just a podcaster and this show works on the value for value model, which means I'm not even charging you anything. You are listening to this show completely free of charge, and it's all up to you. Maybe you're going to start getting in the holiday mood. You're going to get in the holiday spirit and be like, you know, I've gotten some value out of that random thought show. So I'm going to send some value back monetarily to the guy doing the show. It's easy to do. You can go over to our website, random thoughts. Again, it's spelled R-A-N-D-U-M-B-T-H-O-U-G-H-T-S dot com slash donate. You can click on the donate button to do a one time or monthly donation through PayPal. You can use the QR codes or wallet addresses. If you want to do the crypto thing, you can go the snail mail route. All the information is there. And if you're on Patreon already, you can go to patreon.com slash random thoughts. Again, you know how to spell it. And no extra content there. We're just in the ecosystem. So making it easy if you're already on Patreon. And of course, if you're using a Podcasting 2.0 app right now, you can send me a Boost or a boostergram. We can get those as well. If you don't know what Podcasting 2.0 is, you should check it out, newpodcastapps.com. I do have two people to thank for today's show. First and foremost, our buddy Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley coming in with his $15 a month donation. That is very much appreciated. And our buddy Johnny Hipwell coming in with a 333 donation that says thank you for random thoughts. No, thank you, Johnny Hipwell, up there in Canada. Is it getting cold yet? It was cold here. I liked it. Now it's like 60 degrees again. It's way too warm for the end of November. But thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Sir Sean. And thank you, everybody, for giving me your time. I know there's a lot of things you can be doing with your time, and it's an honor that you're listening to this show. was very honored doing the episode of Planet Rage this week with my buddy Larry Blidner, who said that this show, Random Thoughts, is way too good even to do multiple things, to multitask at the same time, because there's always something new. There's always something of note, and it's very much appreciated. He does one hell of a solo show as well. Solo shows are very hard, but you should check his show out as well. Both Planet Rage that we do together on Mondays, Just put Planet Rage into your podcast app or go to planetrage.show and his solo show, That Larry Show, which you can find at thatlarryshow.com. With all that said, I will be back next week with another edition of the Random Thoughts Podcast. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.